0: Hello everyone, this is your host Josh. Welcome to the Revitalized Reading Podcast. Today's episode will be covering my review and thoughts on this season's science slash technology book, Mining the Moon, Bootstrapping Space Industry by David Dietzler. If you are a fan of space, and especially space in relation to human exploration and travel, I think you'll really enjoy today's episode. Mining the Moon was published in 2020, and the edition I read, the third edition, is 147 pages long. The synopsis found on the back of the book reads, quote, Have you ever wondered how the moon, outer space, Mars, and beyond will be settled by humans? This book discusses the industrialization and settlement of the moon, our stepping stone to free space, Mars, the solar system, and ultimately the stars. It looks at the technical challenges of mining the moon for all sorts of materials to build solar power satellites, spaceships, and space settlements in orbit. Engineering students and professionals alike will enjoy this book, and so will technically minded people of all sorts. Close quote. Who is David Dietzler? Sadly, there isn't a whole lot of information out there for Mr. Dietzler, but here is what Mining the Moon says about him. Quote, David Dietzler is a freelance writer from St. Louis, Missouri. He is a longtime space enthusiast, amateur astronomer, and member of the St. Louis Space Frontier, an award-winning chapter of the National Space Society. Close quote. Mr. Dietzler has written seven books, Mining the Moon being the most widely known. His newest book is Settling the Solar System, which talks about the how humanity can inhabit all corners of the solar system. So what is Mining the Moon all about? Simply put, this book focuses primarily on how humanity can utilize the moon in a multitude of ways, mostly mining, and for what purposes. There are 18 chapters, and I'll give a brief overview of each one. Chapter 1. Why Mine the Moon? While not the main focus of the book, Chapter 1 gives the reasons and the why for mining the moon, and ultimately starting a human settlement on the moon. Chapter 2. Lunar Money Matters This chapter talks about the financial potential for companies and countries alike with things like rare minerals, research, and even tourism of the moon. Chapter 3. Lunar Resources Dietzler explains the vast amounts of natural resources that are or might be present in the moon, everything from titanium, uranium, and even oxygen. Chapter 4. Bootstrapping For mining companies, building infrastructure and even entire communities around dig sites can vastly improve the efficiency and profitability of mining ventures. The potential steps for this process are laid out in this chapter. Chapter 5 special lunar materials, and products. Here, Dietzler points out how the moon's vast resources can be used almost immediately after mining. Examples given are magnesium-based explosives, meteoric iron being used to create extremely high-quality mining tools, and moon glass to help with infrastructure. Chapter 6. Lunar Chemistry This chapter covers the rather complicated subject of using the moon's other resources to create plastics. Dietzler explains that the Earth's plastics are largely created from fossil fuels, a finite resource, whereas the moon has vastly more chemicals to produce plastic with none of the bad side effects. Chapter 7. Biomaterial In this chapter, Dietzler explains that biomaterial can be much more useful outside of food, specifically vegetable oil. Vegetable oil can help make soaps, fuels, and even clothing dye. Chapter 8. Lunar Cement Apparently, the composite materials on the moon makes incredibly high-quality cement, three to four times as durable as Earth's premier cement. This lunar cement can help with mining efforts, settlement efforts on the moon, or be exported back to the Earth. Chapter 9. Lunar Tourism As the chapter headline suggests, Dietzler covers what tourism on the moon might look like, and how it can be a massive source of income for companies and nations alike. Some examples could be lunar sports, lunar summer camps, and many other things. Chapter 10. Spaceships Spaceships are obviously an integral part of this whole mining the moon business, so this chapter goes over what kinds of ships would not only be most cost-effective, but practical for different roles. The problem of fuel is also addressed in this section. Chapter 11. Asteroids, Orbital Refueling, Electric Propulsion, and Beyond Going back and forth between the Earth and the Moon is currently a complicated process, so Dietzler points out ways that that process can be made easier or more efficient. Some of these methods include orbital refueling in space or using electric propulsion to cut out fuel altogether. Chapter 12. Interplanetary Communication The ability for Earth and the moon to communicate is not only helpful, but crucial to success on the moon, whatever the objective. Communicating over the thousands of miles between the two terrestrial bodies isn't exactly easy, at least right now, but Dietzler points out some ways it could be improved or implemented in the future. Chapter 13. Bootstrapping in Orbit This chapter explains the importance of staging areas for continual travel of men and materials to and from the moon. This would include space stations to monitor and act as a sort of air traffic control in space, and docking stations for unmanned ships to deliver payloads of raw materials or supplies. The possibilities are endless. Chapter 14. Recycling. Recycling in space... And the moon will not only help save space and prevent excess waste, but can also provide even more materials for mining, fuel, or water reserves on the moon. Chapter 15 Nuclear Power With the vast amounts of uranium, thorium, and other precious metals, nuclear power on the moon could very well be the best and safest option. On top of that, nuclear rockets could also become game changers with heavier payloads, longer distances and the lack of further fossil fuel consumption. Chapter 16. Law and Order in Space With entire settlements and corporations in space and on the moon, governance and law are rather important elements of the process. What that will look like, of course, is entirely unpredictable, but Dietzler gives his best guesses and suggestions on the subject. Chapter 17. Humans into Space This chapter lays out the challenges and roadblocks in front of humanity when it comes to living in and eventually settling parts of space, and then the moon. While many of these problems are a result of lack of technology, others are inherent to space habitation no matter the technology. Keeping a constant stream of food, water, and living space for increasing numbers of pioneers will prove to be a monumental task. Chapter 18 Beyond the Moon Once humanity conquers the moon, What's next? The potential destinations and opportunities are endless, but Dietzler suggests Mars should be our next objective, and then the solar system at large. The timetable for all of this varies, of course, but time will tell how quickly, if ever, humanity creates a new frontier on the moon or even beyond. With that, the book ends. I very likely got some things wrong in this recap, (laughs) and I certainly didn't do the book justice in its sheer volume of information, but hopefully this was a decent enough overview. So how does Mining the Moon score for comprehension and engagement? As far as comprehension goes, I give the book a 7 out of 10. Many of the concepts and science jargon-heavy portions were difficult to comprehend right off the bat. There are other sections I still would be hard-pressed to explain very well, but overall, the book is understandable where I feel like it needs to be. For engagement, I think the score is also 7 out of 10. There are certain chapters I was really into and wanted to learn more, and then there were others that weren't that interesting to me. Altogether, though, most of the book had parts that I learned something or was interested in at the least. Now I want to share three different quotes from the book that house some really incredible information that I hope you will find just as interesting as I did. The first quote is on page 16, quote, lunar soil, regolith, or moon dust is mostly oxygen and silicon along with iron, calcium, aluminum, magnesium, titanium, and traces of chromium, manganese, sodium, potassium, phosphorus, sulfur, and tiny amounts of many other elements. Now it's time for it also contains moons, traces good of hydrozreeder revelion. There are only CO, 4 reviews CO currently, two, but I'll read of for from lowest by the solar wind. be extracted by, by first mining review, which is a million of tons is from heating Bales. it to about 700 degrees Celsius. Quote, or about thirteen hundred degrees Fahrenheit. I just give one close star quote. because I don't like that the author gave this himself to me a five was just stars rating. Really close quote, kind of mind blowing. How much material so was actually just only in the basic quote any attention dust and the and time soil of day because of it was one of only four sure, and I used elements five. that were listed off. <laughs> like,
1: on top I of that,
0: this was I think this Calcium. was a perfect time. To make a, just a lot of interesting elements that I had no of idea what not to say that prevalent on the surface And how of not to make so that. was pretty, pretty cool to see for a book. Just how much I mean, is on there. and Especially since he ratted himself out in the beginning. And ultimately, with the fact that he hadn't, hadn't even he read, read it, yet it yet to initially monitor then then the author's decision to rate it himself, putting it in a huge true and heating it to 1300 degrees. And then just like that, you have an entire soup of, in some cases, that's all that's all That's pretty cool. After that on page, page 52, 52 we read quote, the next review is a produced a review will probably contained in and the free vacuum it is interesting and low to bold speculation pure in inevitable old-fashioned engineering some cases there will be no about what the moon therefore inner there will, will be notion by oxygen human and nitrogen in the or moisture when the slice individualss metals metals history which is perhaps relevant quote, and timely given the so losses of another smaller elements can separate orderss of magnitude that I didn't even think about. That obviously or. the moon does not have an atmosphere. So I, I'm not, air. I really can't verify much air of with all the elements and, and that were just I can't mentioned, the necessary nitrogen, say whether or not the information the in this review is well. true or not about all makes it so that the old they speculation are in the, the purification and process, especially given the that the book came out, won't be three years ago <laughs> Whereas in the I, moon, I, I would, now even sure if might it might not be perfect. There'll the be about science behind this and the theories and the plans. I just think that's a really cool element. Specifically, space travel. I wasn't all the, the time, which definitely. Mm, do I think lets it you know changes enough for three, three years? This <laughs> to be considered? <laughs> no, it has This I, is a small I, moment I of that. So but I really don't. As, as, as if I, the first quote didn't He really still recommended the book. Either. Just another cool so piece. Of it's not as if this was a I terrible review. I never would have thought of. relatively negative. The final quote I, I want to share is on page seventy one. A lot quote, of it is outdated. Most of us who were young during the space still race look forward to a 21st century regular and are are frequent flights to the, the moon. And, if it does become Dietzler possible for five million, million of, tourists to visit the moon every pointing year, pointing out when it is something that will require substantial uh, I habitable I volume of on this moon, review perhaps in maybe, pressurized it's lava good, tubes. maybe it's kind of now over the course I, I of a 75 year lifetime, as many people as there are in the four star review, could visit the moon. quote, quote.
1: It's so an this incredible is just a istic
0: book with the wealth of an ocean on a very niche interesting, interesting. retrospect and subtracting a star art art because the readability has been quite difficult for so not. Mr dietzler like myself from what I understand so I really enjoy how dietzler has really I, considered I everything from start to I'm pretty sure years from that he's in his he is and his provides details of how all his identities work somewhere in that range I think this book finally so he was alive no potentially money has had a space elevator at some point in humanity America trending launching everything back NASA just isn't he the moon especially when we know so many people Need a particular idea and, and vision mining of equipment on the moon. Humanity's relationship Some with the parts moon would get a bit silly, that, like the law and order aspect, which calls for a federation plan moment, but of that. I get what he's talking about. And while that really hasn't this come is not to fruition since then, it's a great <laughs> reference and way <laughs> to explain very how may space resource, very well resource may extraction a would actually later. take place. And we just don't know. And just to think about the potential of very of people going to the moon it's pretty close to my feelings on the book. Generally, as well. Luxury just appreciate or maybe even at some point of, a regular vacation of what does do Just a really well crazy thing to think of giving the broad picture it's of not only cool short to term but long think term. Think about the future of as well as some what of might be in some of our lives. I also appreciate this person's honesty in saying, yeah, there there are times where the engineering language is really difficult to follow. And I very much understand and agree with that in portions. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty solid review. I think it's pretty fair. Generally, I think probably the best one, but we'll also read the last one and see what we think. For our final review, James Francis McEnanley gives his five star review Everything you wanted to know about building on the moon. This book contains the information that you would need to establish a self sufficient colony on the moon from the minerals to build the concrete structure to the trace elements needed for agriculture. This book tells you how to find them and how to get them from the soil. Close quote. This is a very basic (laughs) and and very brief review of a a much broader and and deeper book. I don't think it's bad. I, I do think it's a very, very small picture of what the book is about. But he gave it a five star. So obviously he feels it was worth the read and enjoyable and had good information. So that's no problem there. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to find any peer or critic reviews for Mining the Moon. But if any of you out there can find one, please let me know so I can post it on the link below. For the G through R rating, I give the book the rating of G. It's perfectly fine for all ages, but because of the complex information, it might be best for older audiences to read it, just for understanding's sake. <laughs> How does Mining the Moon score overall? I think with all the factors I mentioned earlier, along with a couple of others I'll talk about here in just a second, this book is a 6 out of 10. So for my final thoughts, I want to go over some of my negative critiques for the book, and then I'll finish off with the positive ones. So starting with the negative, we have punctuation problems. So this is something that I haven't run into all that frequently, and let me explain a little bit further. So throughout the book, and it was relatively prevalent, uh, almost every page, if not every page, depending on how much I was paying attention on where I was reading, there were sentences or paragraphs that were missing punctuation that made it flow poorly. I am a A advanced reader, not extremely advanced, not by any means. I'm not a genius, but I I read more than most people do. And that makes it easier for me to read. That's just what happens when you read more. So for me, if I'm having a moment where I'm reading and I get lost or have a, a, a struggle to understand something or get stuck, And it's not because of a concept that's being shared, but it's because of the structure of the sentence or the paragraph. That's not good. And it happens a lot in this book. And there's essentially basically two culprits at play. It could either be David Dietzler, the author, that this was more or less basically a rough draft that was just published. I feel like that's probably not the case. At least I hope it's not. And then the other alternative is that editing really dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> and that happens a lot for newer authors that don't have massive budgets for really good editors that can go through and do a thorough job. I don't know which one it is. I have no evidence to suggest which one it is. It really, at the end of the day, doesn't matter to me. Just the fact that it was there was unfortunate. And it negatively impacted the reading experience at times. And that's a shame. So outside of the punctuation problems, there were just a lot of slow moments. <laughs> I just have to be honest. Now, I will say that 75% of the book was interesting and engaging. That I wa- I wanted to keep reading and I wanted to further understand what was being talked about. That was for most of the chapters there were just a couple where that really wasn't the case. And I just personally was not interested in the subject matter of that particular chapter. And that made understanding, but also just going through it, not very pleasant. So that's another factor as well. And then the last negative point that I have or critique for the point that I have for the book is the pretty complex concepts and language that was used in a lot of portions of the book. So as Robert Theodorson and that four star review that I brought up earlier talked about that readability for the book can be pretty difficult if you're not an engineer and I am not an engineer. (laughs) I have a general understanding of math and science and a very basic understanding of engineering the problem is, is there are a lot of times where the book goes from a basic understanding to a rather complex, I would at least say university level of engineering. And it's really hard to understand and keep up with it points. Now, there are times where it took me three or four reads to actually understand what was being said. And obviously that's not optimal, but at least there was understanding and then there were other moments where I, I just genuinely didn't understand what was being told to me. And that's not great. I wouldn't say that that was a frequent occasion, but it happened enough that I'm talking about it. So those are kind of the the negative critiques I have for the book as to why it's a 6 out of 10. Now, here are the positives as to why it's not even lower. If I haven't expressed already this book is extremely informative. (laughs) It, It is full of information. It's intense how much information and new things I learned while reading this. And that helped making it, that helped to make the book readable and enjoyable through portions that were complex. And for portions that were slow, if there was a chapter I just wasn't that interested in, if there was the next chapter that i knew there were that i was interested in and wanted to hear more about and i knew that i'd be learning things in it i was motivated to keep reading so i could get to it so that's absolutely a positive if you're somebody that really enjoys learning like truly enjoys it whether it's something you're particularly passionate about or not that's going to be something that's going to make this book a lot easier to get through on top of that and this is connected The book was also just really interesting at points The certain chapters and certain sections, I was really pretty into it and did my best to actually fully understand what was being told to me, not just because I wanted to understand, but because I wanted to understand. And that's, I have to give David Dietzer credit for writing it in a way and, and having the subjects laid out in a way that can draw people in based upon the subject at hand. And that happened a lot. And that's definitely another positive. The last and final positive that I have to point out is the citations that the book has. So there are ninety-seven citations for the book, which that's really pretty great, especially for the length of the book and one hundred forty-seven pages. Ninety-seven citations is really pretty decent. So that, from that aspect, being able to read and to learn, and then looking at the end of the book and seeing the citations. And understanding that they came from pretty reputable and verifiable sources that have a wealth of knowledge on the overall topic was nice. It, it's an awful feeling to read something for a really long time and then get to the citations and realize that it has like 10 or 15 or 20 citations. And then you realize that maybe a lot of what you read and you thought was learned was something new that you had learned was only speculation or maybe even wasn't true. So that certainly helps the book big time with all the citations that are there that are also marked for specific pages so that you can easily go back and look at them and then find those resources. I think that's fantastic. I really appreciate that. And it just gives further credibility to the book. So all together, do I recommend Mining the Moon Bootstrapping Space Industry? And the answer is, kind of. <laughs> if you are somebody that really enjoys space, are an engineer, or just really love learning, I think you will find enjoyment in this book. If you are not one of those three things that I just mentioned I don't think the prospect should be very high that you will enjoy the book at length. I think that's just kind of the reality. So the, and even then the, the introduction, interestingly enough of the book kind of alludes to that, which makes me feel a little bit better that I think even David Dietzler understood that this isn't just a casual read. It's not just a, Oh, I wanted to just pick it up for whatever reason that this is a, slightly more pointed research-esque book. And specifically the point that I'm talking about is the synopsis of the book where it says, engineering students and professionals alike will enjoy this book and so will technically-minded people of all sorts. So obviously anybody can read this. As I mentioned earlier, it's rated G. There's really nothing in, in here that's unsafe for anybody. It's just the concepts and the language used can be pretty restrictive and also just the subject matter, subject matter itself, if you're not interested in space, you're not interested in the moon, you're not interested in engineering and science, I don't know why you're going to read this book. I, I just, I don't. <laughs> so if you are one of those people that does enjoy those things, I think this is worth your time. It seems to be credible with the information that it has. It was pretty enjoyable in portions, especially if you enjoy the subject, you might enjoy all of them. Whereas for me, I only enjoyed some. So that's why I only say that it's a kind of suggestion. It just depends on your interests and it just depends on, on what you personally find enjoyable and ultimately worth it to read. Not all of us have a lot of time to read and reading something that ends up not being something you're interested in just feels like a waste of time. So that's really up to you. You know what you're interested in, you know what you like. But if you are somebody that likes those things, I don't think you'll be really that disappointed with this book. I think it's great. 6 out of 10 isn't fantastic, but 6 out of 10 for what the book is, I think is as good as is it as good as it could be under the circumstances. If that makes sense. So give it a read if you're interested in those topics, and uh, I hope that for any of you that do read it, let me know what you think of it, or if you have read it already, also give me your thoughts and, and tell me what you you thought of it. And if any of you have read some of the other books that David Dietzler has read, then maybe if you think they're worth it, suggest them to me or tell me what you thought about those too. Thank you for taking the time to give this a listen. If you enjoyed today's episode, I think many of you will be very excited to hear that the podcast's first guest will be the author of this book, Mr. David Dietzler. The interview will be held in early August, so if you want to get updates and even have the opportunity to send in questions for me to ask him, follow the podcast's social media pages below. Join me next time for my review of the psychology book, Noise, A Flaw in Human Judgment. Have a great day. Thank you for all of your support, stay safe, and as always, keep reading.